A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We've made it to the last week of the, the church's One Foundation, our homily series. So if you're visiting, it's the last week. Quick recap. Uh, first week, we talked about how Jesus is the foundation of the church. But as we saw in Matthew chapter 16, he gave that authority and passed it on to Peter. He made Peter the rock. That was week one. He builds the church on Peter. And then, even though Peter's office is protected, he is not perfectly perfect. Perfectly perfect. Uh, personally perfect. And so that was last week. And this week is the last section. It's we still have to listen to Peter, even though he's not personally perfect. We have to listen to Peter. We must follow the directives of the church. We are obliged to keep the commandments. And there's a caveat here. I will not sufficiently explain the reason for any church commandment today. I will mention some commandments, and some might be hard and controversial. Some you may even struggle with yourself. All of these teachings have meanings and purposes and reasons, but I'm not going to explain them today. That's for another homily. That's for I Thirst Wednesdays. We have those all the time where you could come and hear some of the harder teachings and the reasons why. That's what coffee meetings with Father Brad are for. Okay, during the week, reach out to me. Because today's message is very specific. We must listen to Peter. We must follow the church's teachings. It's not an option. And it's rooted in the scriptures right here. It's the last week of our series. Matthew chapter 18. If there is a dispute among you. And so it talks about somebody sinning against another person. It gives you, you got to go to them first. Then you bring some people along with you. And then you go to the church. The church's authority. The church is the last authority. The final authority. So I'll pick up here. Matthew 18. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen. I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So this, Matthew 18, along with Matthew 16, which we heard two weeks ago, in John chapter 20, we also hear the binding and loosing of sins, are the scriptural foundation for the church's authority to, and you've heard this word before, to excommunicate. Excommunicate is a very specific term. It's to declare someone canonically and completely and publicly separated from the church. 
And the church has the authority, we see it right here in Scripture, to even set those practices and beliefs that are necessary for full communion. When a bishop excommunicates someone, it is for two medicinal reasons. You know what a medicinal reason is? It means it's supposed to make you better. It's not just a punishment to bring about justice. It's actually supposed to make you better. So the two reasons are to wake up the person being excommunicated. That's kind of like a, 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 some cold water in your face. Wake up. You're doing this. You believe this. You're saying this. Wake up. Follow the teachings of Jesus in his church. And it's also the second reason we don't think about too often. It's to avoid scandal in the church where all the other people who are trying to follow the church's teaching and someone's over here publicly going against it. And they're like, what's up? Do we believe it or do we not? What's going on here? That's what excommunications for. Here's an example. 1962, New Orleans, Archbishop Brummel. He had been a decade long of trying to desegregate parochial schools, his own schools, a decade long of fighting. His own people going against him. It finally came to a head. Three public officials publicly stood against the, the archbishop's decision, which was the right decision, the moral decision to desegregate their schools. And they even went so far as to campaign to, for stop to the tithe to the archdiocese. You know what he did? Excommunicated. One of them came back. That was medicinal. That's good. He came back to communion and said, you were right. Oops. <laughs> Two of them didn't. But you know what else happened? Everyone else realized, oh, they're serious about this. I want you to place yourself in the 19th. From here, it's like, oh, yeah, that's like the that's the decision that should be made. I want you to place yourself in 1950s, 1960s, New Orleans South. Almost his entire diocese, the people in the pews disagreed with him. They didn't want that. And yet, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It didn't matter what everyone here wanted. It mattered what God commanded. It mattered what the church taught. And we need to be held accountable. Even the, mem- even the members of the clergy, we, we got to hold everyone accountable. Ezekiel, the prophet from today's first reading, did you, did you hear these words? He says, I have appointed watchmen for the house of Israel. When you hear me say anything, you shall warn them for me. So he's telling Ezekiel, you're going to be a prophet. You're a watchman. I'm going to say some stuff. You got to warn them. If I tell the wicked one, oh, wicked one, you shall surely die. And you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way. The wicked shall die for his guilt. But I will hold you responsible for it. I'm sure uh, Archbishop Rummel heard Ezekiel's words echoing in his head before he made those excommunications. Every preacher should. Because this is not my gospel. I'm just the watchman giving you the Lord's words. These formal excommunications are for serious and very public situations, but when we knowingly break the commandments of God and the commandments of his church, we can break communion with the church on our own. We don't need necessarily formal declarations from a bishop. We can remove ourselves from communion, right? Excommunications for public matters. But we can personally remove ourselves from communion. Remember, as Christians, we are bound to follow the commandments of God. Jesus says, you are my friends, 
And you're like, oh, cool. I'm Jesus' friend. If you keep my commandments. Oh, okay. I guess, I guess you got to keep his commandments, right? Not everyone who says to me, Jesus says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot of people who say, I'm Jesus' friend. I'm a follower. I'm a Christian. And yet Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father. So you want to enter the kingdom of heaven. Do the will of the father. You know, he said some other things. Love your enemies. That's a commandment of Jesus. Love your enemies. Oh, it's hard. Think of your enemies. No, don't do that. I'm just joking. But but like that's hard. We all have some, right? Forgive those who have wronged you. He, in fact, he put it in the prayer that he wanted us to pray the most, the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's the command of Jesus. We have to do it. All the other Ten Commandments. Paul mentioned some in the second reading, right? You shall not commit adultery. You shall not do this. All the Ten Commandments. We are bound to follow them. And if we don't, we're not Jesus's friends and we will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Remember also, though, that the church that Christ gave the church his authority as the father sent me. So this is from John chapter 20. So I send you. So Jesus said the father sent me the second person of the Trinity into the world. And I'm sending the church to you. It's powerful. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I felt convicted this week. I've never told you the five precepts of the church. You know what the five precepts of the church are? This is the baseline. This is what Catholics ought to be doing. Just basically. And I've never told it to you. I'm, a, I'm bad. I'm a bad watchman. But I'm, 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 I'm doing it now. Here we go. Keep holy the Sabbath. Well, I've told you that one. So Sunday's and Holy Day's obligation. We had a whole homily on it the other day. I'm not going to do it. Receive the Eucharist worthily at least once during Easter. That's a precept of the church. So you must find yourself, get yourself into a worthy state of life at all possible. Or you're not fulfilling a precept of the church. Basic obligation. Go to confession at least once a year in preparation for that communion. Got a lot of people in communion line. Less people in the confession line, right? It's a precept. You got to do it. This is good news, by the way. This is not me. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for you that you get to fulfill the teachings of the church, that you get to respond to the call of the church that God gave authority to. Fourth precept, observe days of fast and abstinence. Whenever the church, and there's stipulations for people who are very elderly, there's stipulations for people who are pregnant, obviously. But if you can, you have to observe the fast of the church and days of abstinence, right? Abstinence from meat. And the last one, this is a precept of the church. And it helps me out. You shall help to provide for the material needs of the church. <laughs> it's, I, I didn't make that one up. I promise you I didn't add that one. That one's, It's in the catechism. Look it up. It's a precept of the church. You must provide for the needs of the church. And if you can't monetarily, obviously, become an usher. Help with, do, join the KCs, do something. But you can't just sit there and then come in and send kids to PSR and then not give anything to the church. It's a precept of the church. I'm just the watchman. It's not my rule. 
There's other disciplines that are frequently ignored, especially in marriage. And I have to say it. We must be married in the church under the church's authority. If you've married outside of the church, you are breaking canon law. And what did he say? Whatever you bound on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. This is the decision of the church. You must do it. You are obliged to not be divorced and remarried or even divorced and dating somebody without declaration of nullity. It's an obligation, a joyful one, too. It's hard, but it's your obligation. You must not use artificial contraception. This includes sterilization. These, you're obliged to it. And again, I'm just Ezekiel and I've been bad. I haven't told you, but God convicted me. Like if I didn't tell you, it's on my soul. Now it's on yours. Now there's two temptations in response to the church's teachings, especially all these teachings, like what we're called to do. And it's hard. There's two temptations that I've found whenever I have spoken to people about this. One is who is the church to tell me a grown adult? What to do? I'm an adult. The commandments are for the kids. We tell kids to be chaste. We tell kids to not lie. We tell kids to not, uh, you know, uh, talk about their friends and their neighbors, kids to share. But I'm a grown adult. Who are you to tell me? The church. The church that Jesus gave authority to. The church that Jesus founded. I know there's a quote and you can look at it if you want. But Jesus said, Unless you are like a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. If the difficulty of the church's teachings makes you feel like a little child, good. Because when we think we're in control, that's a dangerous place to be. And that's all of us. When we think we can decide what's right and wrong, that's the first sin. That's Adam and Eve. I want to decide what's right and wrong. No, we are all children before the feet. Of God, who t- he's our father. The second response or temptation is, isn't this just a bunch of rules piled on me that take away from my freedom? The simple answer is no. It's not just a bunch of rules that take away your freedom. In fact, the commandments of God, whether it's the Ten Commandments, whether it's the five precepts of the church, whether it's the church's teachings about marriage, set you free. They're hard. Jesus never said they'd be easy. But they set you free. Imagine a world. I want you to do this. Do this for me. Imagine a world where everyone followed the commandments of God. Where everyone fulfilled the teachings of the church. The precepts of the church. Nobody would steal from each other. I'm about to describe to you a utopia. That isn't possible because we're fallen. But I just want you to do this with me. No one would steal from each other. No one would murder each other. We could go to New Orleans and have fun. Right. Nobody would divorce each other. You know why? Because no one commit adultery or use abusive language or abandon their responsibilities to their spouse. Everyone would come to mass. I'd have to say three more masses. I'd do it. And therefore, everyone would hear the word of God. People would be disciplined because they were not gluttonous, because they would fast with the church. There would be no gossip, no family drama. There'd be no STDs, truly, in like one generation. There'd be no drug overdoses. 
there'd be no wars. See, the commandments of the church, the commandments of God, they actually set you free. Far from holding us back, the commandments of God set us free. The teachings of the church make us better. I want to ask you a question. I'll end with this. Who is more free? A child who walks up to a piano and just starts banging on the piano, doesn't know the rules of music, doesn't, hasn't practiced, hasn't spent endless hours practicing with a teacher, banging, making a cacophony. It might be a little bit cute, but after a while, you're like, okay, someone shut the piano, right? Is that child more free with music or is the master who's practiced, who follows the laws of music, who understands the relationships of notes to notes, who spent tireless. It was hard work. But then they sit down at the piano and what comes out? Beauty. Freedom. See, the truth is hard. The commandments of God are hard. But when we give ourselves to it, he makes us a virtuoso. He gives us virtue. We become who we were called to be. The psalm says, if today you hear the voice of God, harden not your heart. You can do it. If you want to talk to me anytime this week, I'll be in Birmingham. But next week, (laughs) I'll be here for you to talk to.